Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Listen to These Nerds, uh, Heroes of Pacific City campaign. I'm Harry, and I will be running the session for this evening. Uh, joining me tonight, we have... Hi, my name is Chris, and I will be playing the role of Sam Reynolds, a.k.a. Carsonon. Hi, I'm Joe, and I'll be playing the role of Brandon Hart, otherwise known as Mr. Medium. Hi, I'm John. I'm going to be playing... Uh... The role of uh, Epimethea, also Cassandra, also uh, Delphi. I'm Jonathan, and I'm going to be playing the Pelicanetic, also known as Evelyn Kinglet. And also appearing in this episode will be uh, my other character, Gene Ondori, otherwise known as Sation. So, last time we left off, you guys had just more or less managed to force your way into meetings with the three gangs at the center of this brewing gang war in the Harpies' territory. And precisely where we left off was you guys were going to send out a message basically telling them that you have, you're setting up a meeting to negotiate some sort of truce. Now, I believe last time we agreed on a place and a time, uh, but since obviously we kind of left it on the cliffhanger, I'll allow you guys to do this retroactively. Uh, is there any other terms you'd like to set for the meeting? Uh, I mean, no we weapons could... seems yeah. like a pretty no brainer. Yeah. But like, the, what does no weapons mean when you have people who have superpowers, right? Like, it might but be dude, un, dude, it might, might be unfair to not let a guy have a gun if the other guy has super strength. Do the do any of the gangs have supers? I thought that one of the whole like deals was that the Marino or like Marino's gang had access to supers, and these these guys didn't. I mean, the thing about superpowers is that they do kind of run like a pretty wide gambit, like. Pyrokinesis could be anything from like, you know, torrents of flame to being able to like snap your fingers and have like a small amount come out of your thumb. Hmm. So the thing that you've seen is that Marino is the one that has what you would call like strong supers. It's possible that the other gangs have superpowers, just maybe not to the level that Marino has. Okay, I think one thing that we could say is no weapons, and that that includes don't bring any of your dudes that have superpowers. And the, the whole point is that this negotiation is supposed to happen on good faith. And you're surrounded by it. Uh, all of your, you know, like organizers, negotiators are like minor league superheroes. So keep that in mind. Like everyone's going to bring a weapon. We can't stop them from doing that. Of course, they're going to bring weapons. But like we, we want to make an environment where they feel like they don't have to use them. Right. Yep. Yeah, fair enough. So just to clarify for my sake, what's the, the the term you're putting in there? No weapons, no don't don't bring any uh like gang members that have superpowers. Um nothing so yeah, okay. Um and anything else other than that? Um I mean can't really think of anything. Mm-hmm. Alright, well, like if that's the case, I don't want to labor this too much. I just wanted to make sure that you had everything in the uh, the message that you were sending out that you'd think would be appropriate. Yep. All right. Yeah, I think that's it. So uh, you send out the messages and using the Pelicanetics birds, and eventually they all manage to come back. Or uh, I'm guessing in the Pelicanetics case, like, are you aware of like, oh, can you make like a, a bird minion that's like once their task completes, they just kind of like vanish back into the ether? Hmm. To be able to handle that. Okay. So yeah, eventually, um, like, Evelyn lets you guys know that all the birds made it to their target locations and have delivered the message as much as their ability can. So, you know, obviously, they delivered it to the locations where you met the, the three leaders beforehand. 
All right. So that it is getting a little. Uh, so in game, it's starting to get a little late at this point. But yeah. I will say that you have basically from now until the meeting, which if I remember correct, is taking a place around noon to basically do any preparations. Maybe you want to go to bed and then do something in the morning. Maybe you're just going to like burn through the night and then just sort of like, you know, come into the meeting because it's fairly late-ish in the day. But you do have some time to perform any sort of preparations. Okay. Um, For myself, I am going to basically call a quick group meeting just to discuss some things with everybody. Okay, so you're already in the base and you're already all there, so that's easy enough. Okay, so we've got maybe 24-ish hours before this meeting goes on. We've got that much time to prepare. Does anybody have anything that they're planning to do in regards to making sure that basically this doesn't turn into a giant shit show? Uh, Gene raises his hand. It's not really a preparation thing, uh, but what's the deal with us going to be wearing costumes? Are we going to go incognito like we did last time, or are we going to be a bit more in force for this? We're going to be... at this point, they kind of know it's us. I, know we I should, think we should wear costumes. Yes. We need to be incognito because, you know, secret identity, uh, superhero identity. But also, if we're doing this as Torch, we need to do this as Torch. Right. So wear that and Gene points to the, the blue, like, super suit that he has instead of this. And Gene points to the, uh, like, black turtleneck, black pants combo and mask that he's, and like you know, uh, like, almost half a ski mask he's wearing. Yeah. Um, I'm guessing that the, you know, some other people at this meeting are probably gonna be dressed a little bit better for, you know, like, they're not gonna be going there in the worst that they have to wear. Like, they wanna basically set a tone for how they're approaching the tactic, and so should we. I think, I I don't know how your meetings went, uh, but I know... At least uh, I, I suspect everyone's going to be a little nervous, right? And if we can show yeah. that we, we really mean business, you know, and, and that we really, like, th- there's nothing underhanded about this, that, like, yes. we, we represent Torch and that we're proud to represent Torch, I think I think that'll really mean something. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the, the reason we can't went a little incognito was because we didn't want Torch to be seen negotiating with them before it was clear what we were doing. Yes. You know? And this is a little different now. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think we're establishing a firm idea of what we want to do to avoid fi- infighting and everything else. And if we are there as Torch, full costumes, full regalia, everything, this will be the best way to establish that, you know, um, basically, not only are we trying to maintain control of the situation, we're also trying to ensure that nobody is going to be hurt unnecessarily while we are there. Gene gives you like a thumbs up. Actually, have uh, one thing that I'd like to do uh, once this team meeting is over. Um, yeah, we need to pay Vic the the rest of his his uh, kind of commission. Yeah, um, that. Is that. Uh, I I think uh, it might not be unreasonable to ask him to keep his ears to the ground, uh, kind of watch the gang's territories for us, uh, and maybe let us know in advance if they're going to do something like untoward, like if there's a huge convoy of. Uh, say, True Iron Devils moving towards the negotiation site. Hmm. So what, just keep an ear out and let us know if something goes down? Something like that, yeah. In regards to outside parties and stuff like that moving towards the thing, 
I think there's one other group that we should be um, on the lookout for. Marino? Yeah, because right. from Marino's perspective, if he heard about this and all three of the individuals that are rivaling him for this territory are all in one spot, I mean, that sounds too good to pass up. Yeah, that is pretty tempting a target. Still, I don't still. Yeah, probably a good idea to keep an eye out of things. We could always, uh, <clears throat> uh, Brandon, Brandon walks out. We could always, um, have someone distract Marino so that his, uh, focus is elsewhere. How? Uh, Brandon pulls his shirt up and points at his belt. I mean, yeah, but I don't know if this, I don't know exactly how solid this truce is going to be going on. And if Marino figures out what exactly we're up to, maybe it would mean that he starts taking a bit more of an interest in this. Right now, we kind of have the upper hand because he's not really paying attention. But if we start that... making trouble, he's probably going to start looking into it. Yes, that's the last thing we need. If Marino tries to ally with one of the gangs and, and, and turn them against the other two, that's the end. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know. I think it's probably better that we maintain a... Not exactly that we sort of maintain close to the negotiations. If he's going to strike anywhere, it's going to be there. And mm. as far as Marino goes, business, his little uh, plan is unfurling exactly as he thinks. So let's yeah. keep it that way. Yeah. I'm with Gene on this one. I think we should keep it simple. Okay. So I guess one of us takes up uh, roof watch duty and we get vindictive to sort of keep an eye out for any rumblings of any other sorts. I'll take roof watch duty. I've got, uh, yeah, I just ha have the weapon that I have with me. I can take care of anything if anything goes wrong. And also, uh, because I've got heat sensors in my visor, if anybody's coming in, then I'll be able to get a read on them. All right. So that leaves me, the Pelicanetic, uh, Mr. Medium, and, uh, well, Delphi or, um... Epimethia be joining us on this one, Cass. Uh, well, that depends. You want me at the negotiation table or to act as muscle? Because that's that's kind of where where we're at in terms of my uh, ability to to at, to help out here. I, I would Noted. think we would want to keep Epimethia away from any um, compromising positions. Mm, that's true. She is kind of a symbol of a team and all that. Probably best then if you stay at the negotiation table. That way you can act as a, I don't know, MC of sorts. All right. I'd rather be also be at the negotiation table, uh, if that's all right with everyone. But I'll deal with Vic. Mm. Yeah. Well, me and Mister Medium are used to be in the uh, used to uh, throwing down, and Gino put out like a fist bump for Brandon. Yep. I will reciprocate. All right. Well, if there's nothing else to discuss, uh, I'm probably going to try and get an early night in. Sounds like tomorrow's going to be a long day. <laughs> Plan. Yeah, I'm going to get some sleep, too. We're going to need it. Same. All right. So um, as everyone starts heading out of the base, um, yeah, so everyone basically heads home and gets a good rest for uh, basically rests up in preparation for the meeting tomorrow. Correct? Yep. All right. That's the plan. Yeah. If, uh, if if we want to do a scene with uh, Evelyn and, and Victor, I think she she's going to want to do that this evening. Yeah, uh, Vindictive, not Victor. Vindictive, yes. Sorry. Yes. All right. So, yeah, that's uh, pretty easy to do. You, uh, you drop off the rest of the money in the P.O. box, and then you call the number that Vindictive provided you. 
And uh, on the other end, at this point, it's getting reasonably late into the evening, which is why it's kind of surprising when, like, Vindictive picks up and it sounds like he's been wide awake this whole time. He's like, oh, wow, I didn't expect you guys to get back to me so soon. I uh, trust the second half of my uh, of our arrangement is in the P.O. box. Uh, yes, I just dropped it off myself. Um, ah, wonderful. Yes, uh, you know, I, I actually had a favor to ask you uh, about this whole thing that we're trying to set up. We're, uh, I think you could maybe understand, a little apprehensive about getting all of the leaders of, of these three gangs into one place at one time. You know, it would be a, if one of the, the gang leaders got any big ideas about trying to take the other two out, it would be a perfect opportunity, uh, or Marino for that uh, matter. I'm sure you can see that. Oh, and yeah, so You seem to be, uh, you know, pretty well connected, have your ears to the ground. And we were wondering, you know, uh, kind of as a favor, if you could let us know if you hear or see anything uh, either tonight or tomorrow morning, especially around noonish, if there's any big gang movements heading towards, you know, this specific area. Not exactly in the, you know, business of doing stuff for free. In the, the, hang on a second. Hey, hey, you want another bag? That's going to be another payment. No, I'm not putting on your tab. I know you don't pay that shit. Cash up front. Okay, fine. But, uh, yeah, you know what? Yeah, this seems easy enough. I'm willing to, uh, do a few. I'm willing to do this, especially considering the fact that it mostly just means I'm going to have to sit on my ass. Uh, yeah, I'll keep an ear out. If I see anything, I'll let you know. You know, keep in mind, if this goes well for us, uh, it, it's also going to go well for you. Uh, you know that, right? Having less gang activity in this area is, is good for everyone. And hey, uh, if this all works out... Uh, we're probably going to need your services in the future. So it is it is in your interest to make sure that it goes well. Ah, well, of course, of course. Uh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, like I said, I'll do it. Ah, what the hell. Maybe I'm feeling charitable tonight. Or maybe it's the blood loss. I honestly can't tell. Ah, anyways, I'll let you know if I hear anything, all right? All right, Evelyn is just going to let that bit about blood <laughs> loss go. It's too late. <laughs> She's got sleep to catch up on. Mm. Uh, all right. Thanks, Vic. Hopefully I don't have to talk to you tomorrow. Ah, well, yeah, here's hoping. Toodles! And uh, with that, Vindictive hangs up. All right. All right. So um, everyone gets in. Nothing really, you don't really hear anything over uh, the next, like, over the next, you know, the night. So everyone manages to get a sort of uh, good night's sleep. And as I'm assuming you guys are all sort of, like, going to the base getting into your costumes for those that need to have them, and then heading over to the bar to sort of make sure that everything's on the level before the negotiations start, correct? Yep. Yeah. yeah. And so basically, I am going to be going in my civilian identity to the bar before all of this starts up. Okay. And basically, I am going to be just scoping out the place. Uh, like, you know, doing a, a visual sweep of it just to note things like... Entrances, exits, places where people might be able to stash weapons, that sort of stuff. Okay. Um, Alright, so do you let everyone... So, uh, do you go to the base first, or do you just, like, go the, straight to the bar immediately? Oh, I'm gonna go to the base first. I want people to know about this before I do it. All right. uh, so, Cass, I'll assume that you show up first, just since you are, you know, the owner. 
yep. as you get in, uh, you see that there's like a note left on the console. Reading it, it just says, um, Cass, went out to get some stuff, thinking that Delphi's gear needs to have a bit more of a Greco-Roman aesthetic. So looking into ways to do that. The shops are closed at the moment, so I probably won't be needing this. Uh, hopefully be back soon, but don't worry if I'm out a bit later than usual. Uh, and it's signed by Nat, and Nat has left behind the, uh, the credit card. Oh, well, that's good. Um, yeah, yeah uh, uh, Cass will, uh, quickly take out her phone and text Nat and say, Hey, you know, you can just text me stuff. Alright, so you send that off, um... And as that happens, stuff kind of like, you know, piles into the... Uh, people start showing up at the base. Hey, um, so are we gonna get down to talking about what we can do before uh, all this blows over? No, well, we've got a couple hours still, but I got nothing. At this point, it's just a matter of, uh, I don't know, making sure I'm ready. Mm. Which is what this is for, and uh, Gene like is sipping a co like one of those convenient bodega coffees in the the sort of stereotypical cup. Well, uh, I'm gonna be going down to the place itself, doing a physical sweep, trying to find anywhere there might be weapons stashed, you know, ahead of time or something like that. Just basically make sure that we're not going in blind to this sort of place. Yeah. Oh, who knows? Maybe they still need a dishwasher. <laughs> yeah. Maybe they've already hired a guy. Who knows? So, have we rented the place out, or is no? This... It's it's no. business hours as usual. It's just you know, this is kind of what the bar does. Um, hmm. I guess we. I guess I don't have a favor. Never mind. Um, okay. Uh, Mr. Medium is going to uh just. I think just sit and eat, honestly, and like just look around and pretend to just be a customer. So you're also going to the bar with Carson on. Okay, um, I think so, I think what I think what I'll do is because Carson is looking for stuff, right? So and that yeah. would be super conspicuous, presumably. So Mister Medium's gonna be sit there and be loud, but not like not like make a scene, but just be like the center of attention. All right. Uh -huh. So so he's, gonna, uh, so he's gonna run interference yeah. for Carson while he looks around for like bugs and bombs and shit. So while I assume Gene uh, and. Uh, Delphi are getting suited up and Evelyn explains, you know, hey, that we've got vindictive sort of running, uh, sort of like keeping an ear out for us. So you guys, when you get to the bar, it pretty much looks more or less exactly as you remember it the last time you were here. Uh, uh -huh. But it looks like they have replaced the bartender with somebody. They are short, albino, with dark eyes, and there's no real way for me to do this, like, to like show you this, so I have to kind of spoil the bit. Uh, they don't speak. More specifically, you can ask them questions and they'll respond and make the motions of speaking, but like the mouth never opens. And the thing is, is that you don't notice that that's the case until like you aren't in their presence and you suddenly think back on it. As far as you're concerned, they're just an albino that's working here. Mm, okay. All right. Um, so yeah, I'm outside with uh, Brandon and basically I'm just gonna turn to you Okay, so how do you want to do this? You want to go in first, or do you want me to go in first? Uh, well, <clears throat> Brandon uh, pulls uh, his shirt up slightly, uh, dings the belt, and uh, ass assumes his uh, persona and says, <clears throat> I'm gonna go uh, get comfortable. Feel free to do whatever you need. All right, then. <clears throat> and uh, Mr. Meme will 
swagger in there and begin carousing. All right. Mm. Uh, I assume you order a drink of some sort and then complain yep. about the quality. No, uh, he orders a drink and then he's going to go to the bar and start loudly talking to people. And like, if there's a pool game, he's going to walk up and start like commenting on things. All right. Um, roll me an overcome check for this. Okay. Because yeah, so you're effectively trying to like run interference for Carson on while Carson on looks around. Mm-hmm. Uh, banter. Uh, presence. Uh, middle die is a four. Okay. Uh, so you do definitely get people's attention. Um, the thing is, it is not for being, like, uh, a loud and rambunctious thing. It's that people immediately recognize you from that, uh, electric car scrapyard commercial where you were basically forced to read the script as written and it was very uncomfortable because you couldn't really Mr. Medium out. And as such, the commercial was so awkward, it became a meme. Ah. Oh, no. Mr. Memeum. Yes. Uh, so people do kind of, like, crowd around you, and you do manage to draw attention away from Carsonon. But it is very much because they're like, hey, say the line from the commercial. Come on, you're a meme. And it it really just does not, like, play well to Mr. Medium. And the whole thing just feels like you're being talked down to the whole time. Thought that minor twist from three sessions ago had been forgotten about, huh? <laughs> yeah, car, whatever. Ah, <laughs> uh, come on, say the line. I'll give you twenty bucks. I'm gonna sit here and enjoy my drink, and if anybody wants to make a show out of it, I'm welcome. I welcome them to try. Okay. Oh, it's getting violent. Quick, videotape this. Maybe we can put it, maybe it'll get like on, uh... oh man, quick, videotape this. All right, so yeah, people are thoroughly distracted by Mr. Medium not having a good time. Yeah, and while all these people are trying to get this monkey to dance, um, I'm gonna, yeah, he- just head in through the front and just begin, uh, yeah, subtly trying to look around the place. Right. Basically uh, using my experience uh, on the police force just, you know, scoping places out to try and pick apart the scene. Okay. So, for this, I'm gonna roll for investigation. Mm-hmm. And, okay, so for this, I'm gonna be rolling 3d8s. And I'm gonna invoke my uh, plus one bonus for this. Okay. My hero point, so... Alright. My... Yeah, okay, my mid-die is a two with a plus one, that is a three total. Okay, so that is either failure or a major twist. Which would you, uh, success with a major twist? I, what do you guys think? I don't want to pull a major twist this early. Sure. So, yeah, I'm going to say that, uh, yeah, basically I just don't find anything obvious. Well, I'm going to say that you at least get some things. You at least manage to get a look under the tables and Uh under the front of the bar and other such like that. And you can see that no one has, like, hidden weapons here like nobody's like hidden a shotgun underneath a uh, a booth or something like that so there's no weapons in the bar um or at least in the areas that you can see unfortunately as you try and get like a closer look at the back uh as you attempt to peer through into the dish pit uh, at which point you see a person that looks startlingly like the bartender uh doing the dishes you unfortunately catch the eye of sal who happens to also be in the dish pit and uh, he sort of comes up and says, hey, 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 whoa, 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 whoa. 
Employees only. Employees only. Oh, Get out okay. of here. Go, go. All right. All right. Ah, Jesus. Ugh. Okay. So, so uh, you... you weren't able to get a good look at the back. Uh huh. You do kind of have an idea of the exits and entrances to the place from cool. previous experience when you were brought here to work in the dish pit. Yeah. Um. But obviously, like, so you do have an idea of like how people could get in, how people could get out. Cool. But obviously, you don't know if there's anything hidden in the employees-only areas. Cause. Gotcha. All right. Well. Um. With that, I am gonna. Yeah. Basically, I am going to try to catch Mr. Medium's eye as I head out through the front and just give him a subtle nod. If one more person asks me what kind of car I'm going to drive, I'm going to drive him through a table! Mm. Mr. Medium does not see you. <laughs> okay, well, uh, yep, yeah, I'm just going to head out, and a couple of minutes later, um, yeah, basically, I'm going to text Mr. Medium's phone and see if he, uh, you know, gets that. Basically, yeah. I'm just trying to get him out of there before anybody else, you know, the less material people have to put on the internet of him, the better. Meanwhile, back inside the bar, come on, $50. Um, let me do a personal roll here. All right, Mr. Medium can maintain his cool and finishes his drink and then walks out. Ah, the bar noticeably deflates. Yep. All right. Uh, so do you guys uh, go back to the base or what are you guys up to now? Uh, I guess I'll back to the base for now. Uh, what is Carson I'm going to do? Um, yeah, I'm going to head back to the base as well. And as soon as I get back there, I'm going to I'm going to be sketching out a physical copy of the layout of uh, the bar just mark things, entrances, exits, like where the tables are set up, everything like that. Okay. So you panned over this map by this point, I'm assuming, um, Station and Delphi and the Pelicanetic are all suited up and kind of ready to yeah. go, because it's starting to get down to that time. Uh-huh. And, uh, yeah, so do you tell them anything about what happened at the bar, or, like, what you've seen, or are we just going to move straight to the negotiation proper? Yeah, I'm going to fill everybody in. Basically, I'm going to let them know what I was and wasn't able to get information on. So there are. I'm going to let them know that there are some blind spots, but uh, I was able to ascertain a few things about the front. Okay. All right. And unless anybody... <clears throat> and I found out that if one more person asks me about cars, I'm going to rip them a new tailpipe. Oh, you, you doing all right there, buddy? Mr. Medium is seething. <laughs> you might want to cool off a little bit just before we get in there. Let's not have, you know, you popping off on anybody that we don't explicitly need you to. Mr. Medium is, is taking a breather in the corner. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we let Mr. Medium uh, calm himself down and uh, we head to the time of the negotiation proper. So, Mr. Medium and Seishin, uh enter back into the bar. It seems that with somebody accompanying him, people are a bit less likely to come up and ask him for sh uh, ask him to do the meme. Uh, Carsonon and uh, also Delphi is there as well. Can't forget that. As yep. well as uh, the Pelicanetic. And Carsonon, you basically situate yourself on top of like a roof somewhere, correct? Pretty much, yeah. All right. So you guys are only waiting there for a couple of seconds when all of a sudden everyone inside the bar hears a voice from behind them that just says, well, I must admit 
I am quite pleased with people that know how to work in a quick and efficient manner. And you turn around and Arjeet Singh was somehow inside the bar? You're not entirely sure how you managed to miss him, but yeah, he's here. Hmm. Does he have anyone with him? Uh, not that you can see. He seems to be alone. Wearing pretty much, um, at least that Ephemethia and Jean can notice, pretty much the exact same getup he was wearing, like, when they went to go see him last night. So, like, a very non-assuming, like, whitish beige, like, button-up shirt and some gray slacks. Very, like, lax businessman, almost. Ah. So Mr. then... Mr. Medium doesn't see this as a surprising thing, so... <laughs> so, Jean's just gonna go, um, Mr. Singh, you met my associate, Delphi, and, you know, he, like, nods respectively. This is our other associate, Pelkinetic. Uh, they'll be sort of acting as mediators in the negotiate in the uh, talks today. And um, he sort of like claps his hand together and says, ah, excellent, excellent. Please, uh, where should we take up a seat? We're obviously going to need plenty of room for the people that are coming. Mr. Medium is going to go to the largest booth. And if there's anyone there, he's going to give them like the, a fucking jet stare <laughs> until they leave. A couple people do slide out of the largest booth. Uh, and Mr. Singh sets down and just seems like, please just punch that this is actually happening and sort of like sits there and is like, well, I must admit, I'm mostly here as a curiosity. If even one of them walks through the door, I'll be pleasantly surprised. If both of the, my, uh, both people, both of the, uh, other guests of honor arrive, I'll be positively shocked. But nonetheless, I have decided to put myself in faith with you regardless. After all, you were such gracious, uh, guests last night. And, uh, Carsonon, as you are sort of staked out on the rooftop, you hear the unmistakable noise of, like, motorcycles rumbling down the street. Excellent. I think I know who that is. Yes. So stepping off, um, you see a bunch of people in, like, true Iron Devil's regalia. They hey. sort of, like, park their bikes across the street. It looks like there's six people. Uh, judging by the way they're moving, you'd guess one of them's the leader, and the other five are... Backup, muscle, some sort of intimidation squad. You're not entirely sure. Cool. I go on the comms. Incoming. We've got six Trier Devils coming in towards the front. And uh, just as you guys get that message, the door swings open, and all of you see these True Iron Devils. They're decked out in, like, riding leathers with leather jackets on with the True Iron Devil, like, you know, like a patch, sort of like an insignia blaze on the back. And, um... The Pelicanetic, you recognize immediately, uh, percent, leading up the rear. You also recognize a couple of the faces behind them. You think they were at that bar that you went to when you uh, had to go meet with them. Mm-hmm. Ah, percent. Thank you for joining us. I don't think all of you will be able to fit in the booth, but uh, if the rest of you could uh, join me at the bar here. <laughs> That's fun. Boys, make yourselves comfortable. And uh, he goes over to the booth. He sort of sits down and he looks at the gentleman across from him and he goes, ah, so you must be Singh then. And uh, Singh goes, and you must be percent. <laughs> I must admit, quite auspicious meeting under such circumstances, no? Yeah. Well then, I guess we're only missing one. And uh, eventually uh, the door opens and pretty shortly afterwards um, that um, percent walks in. Following in behind him, uh, is, and Carsonon, you sort of see uh, a sing, uh, a person come up and you see like a group of them. They're about maybe three or so and entering into the, um, the bar 
So, Mr. Medium, you recognize the person at the helm of this group as Darius Williams, but it's very obvious that he's wearing, like, face-concealing, like, latex things. Like, his chin's a bit bigger, his cheekbones are a bit more pronounced. Um, Smart guy. Yeah, it seems like he's trying to keep his, like, true, like, his real face kind of still of a secret. But since you've seen him out of this uh, mask, as it were, you Mm -hmm. are able to recognize him. Okay. He did strike me as a clever dude. Mr. Medium is not going to say anything. Let this guy keep it on the down low. All right. Um, he looks, uh, Darius looks over at the, uh, the group of Iron Devils at the bar, and he sort of, like, nods, and the two guys that he's with come over to the bar, like, sit at the, uh, the corner of the bar, so that they're kind of close to them, but not, like, in the middle of the bunch. And he goes over and sits down, and, um, Percent basically looks over and says, Ah, and who the fuck are you? And he sort of looks over and says, Darius Williams, High City Rollers, pleasure to make your acquaintance, Percent. And you must be... And uh, Arjit Singh says, Arjit Singh, uh, simple businessman, of course. And he says that with the kind of like, wry, you know what I mean, smile. And um, with that, we're going to say that the negotiations start beginning in earnest. So just to save on my voice and also to make it a bit more streamlined, um, we discussed this beforehand. I'm just going to give you the sort of cliff notes of how the negotiations are going. And at any sort of important points, you guys can basically, like, say, okay, I tag in to say something or try and steer the conversation in a more constructive manner. Mm -hmm. So, uh, after negotiations are done, um, Darius pulls out what looks to be, like, a blown-up map of what looks to be, like, uh, a Google Maps printout of the Harpies' territory. And they basically start discussing... Um, you know, like, okay, well, if we're here to make a truce, we gotta figure out who's getting what territory. Uh, and with that, Percent takes out a marker, draws, like, the two corners of the territory, and then just basically points at the largest remainder and says that that's his, which, uh, is obviously met with a bit of disapproval from everybody else. Alright. Um, Mr. Medium kind of looks over to the other ones and, like, does, like, a hand thing, like, we should say something. (laughs) Yeah, I think uh, Evelyn is going to step up. Um, hey, hey now, listen, I don't want to, to kind of overstep here. We're, we're just here to make sure everything goes smoothly, but I want to remind everyone this negotiation is supposed to be happening in good faith. When everyone, when we all walk out of the bar today, I don't want there to be any hard feelings between anyone, right? Although, because if there are tensions that arise from this, and those tensions stick around, you know, they might not flare up today or tomorrow, but some weeks or months ahead of time, nobody here wants to give Marino an edge that he can use. I, personally, me, I don't want anybody to be fighting over territory or resources, especially not from the get-go. So please, and she's gonna look at percent, specifically when she says this, please just, Play nice, all right? Well, this is a negotiation, isn't it? Frankly, I'm... we should see what the counteroffers are, no? And he kind of has that, like, oh, yeah, I'm really good at this look on his face. Uh, so the others are going to give their counteroffers. Um, percent, or sorry, not percent, Darius puts forth on the map um, basically a circle um, around a particular area that covers up, it's not a, a huge chunk of the map, but you'd say it's probably like 
definitely speaks to like uh like a territory in the traditional sense of like there's a central location that he really wants to protect and everything around it's kind of this buffer zone and then um Arjit Singh kind of outlines the map. He doesn't actually grab a pen or anything like that, but he outlines the territory that he wants to take. And his is, like, super weird. It's got this, like, almost crescent shape of, like, it goes around the territory, goes down, and then comes back the way it came. And it kind of looks really weird. Obviously, it, um, like, and it looks super weird, and it kind of causes... Clear, a bit of it, 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 there's clearly some ulterior motive behind yes. it. Exactly. Like, you can kind of suss that out. Um, obviously, um, so they start talking about it. Um, at this point, I'll say um, there is a... Um, Darius mentioned something, and there is... Uh, I'll just say the important lines here, which is, And why the hell should we listen to you, the old man of Pacific City? What are you going to do, fall over and croak the minute you leave this damn bar? And Singh goes, Well, I don't appreciate the tone that my... Uh, opponent says, I must agree that you are asking for quite a lot from a gang that, uh, by all manners, is seemingly on its last legs. Surely you must realize that such matters require discretion, not boldness, no? And uh, this seems to be getting under Darius's skin a lot. The last time I checked, this wasn't a high school dance! You better start speaking straight! Or this is gonna end up like some sort of political debate. Darius fires back, uh, basically that he's at so, the table. So what Mr. Meme is trying to do here, uh, this is, and this is pretty big brain for him, is uh, deflect uh, a hostility towards himself. Because mm. it seems like right now what they're all doing is like sniping at each other and being like, well, "Your gang sucks." Well, you're old. Um. Okay. Uh, I'll say it kind of works in the sense that it does allow, it does give Darius kind of like breathing room to collect his thoughts mm -hmm. uh, as everyone else is more or less just kind of like, wow, get a load of, like basically does the get a load of this guy yeah. uh, cam action towards Mr. Medium. Mm -hmm. uh, Darius more or less fires back that, you know, the high city rollers are one of the oldest gangs in the city. And because of that, he's got like, you know, ins and outs like you wouldn't believe. Uh, specifically information about the other gangs that still makes him something of a competitor. And he makes mention of, like, a business property that causes Singh to be kind of taken aback, uh, and uh, an address that seems to cause, like, Percent to at least, you know, stop with his sniping for a couple seconds. Are, are we recording all this? <laughs> is there no camera? Well, the thing is, is that it's not like he's saying anything explicit, but it definitely seems like, oh, you know, one of those I know that you know that I know moments. Mm -hmm. Well, oh, uh, Carson has a camera in his helmet, right? Carson on is on the roof. Shit. Yeah, about that. Um, it's it's fine. Uh, like the so one of the things that mm -hmm. specifically like Cassandra realizes that she could just use anything here to like arrest these guys, but that's not going to solve the problem. Right. So, so I mean, she's definitely taking notes so that if they cause trouble, she'll be like, oh, maybe I'll just check out what's on that, that place. We'll check out this thing. All right. So, yeah, you take notes. And it does manage to kind of get them to be at least a little more copacetic towards the things. It seems like, so at this point, you've kind of, like, sussed out, like, what everyone wants in the negotiations. 
you're definitely certain that uh, Darius wants uh, an area known as High Street, which was, from what most people know, the origin of where the High City Rulers came out of, and uh, a buffer zone around that. It's very clear that Singh has some sort of ulterior motive for wanting this particular pattern, uh, and you can kind of start seeing in the negotiations that he's willing to let little things slide, uh, but there are certain areas that he absolutely refuses to give up, and from what you can tell, um, Percent is just enjoying pushing people's buttons and wants to walk away with the biggest slice of the pie. So the negotiations kind of go back and forth for a little bit. There's offers, counter offers, uh, eventually sort of talk. But uh, as sort of time goes on, they start wearing down and you can kind of see that, you know, like they've kind of got into a, there's a bit of a stalemate over um, how exactly they're going to split up territory split up territory. At one point, um, one of the uh, the True Iron Devil's bikers, like, takes a phone call. Um, he sort of, like, cautiously walks up to the table, showing that, like, he doesn't have any things, and he just says, like, he needs to talk to Percent. He goes over, he whispers something in Percent's ear, and then Percent just kind of smiles, and you immediately notice that he starts taking a much more, like, not exactly, like, like, okay, I surrender. But he's taking a much more relaxed tone in the negotiations. Oh, that's that. not good. Mm -hmm. But eventually, um, so as time passes, there's a couple arguments, but none of them that really get to the level of the, the original sniping at the beginning. And it looks like they've kind of hammered out something of a map that uh, sort of manages to meet each person's things. You can kind of tell that they're not exactly, like, trustworthy of each other. They're more just relying on the fact that, you know, hey, if Torch is sanctifying this, that at least, least means that we have someone that's working as an arbitrator that isn't just the cops, and thus would, you know, arrest everyone involved and just not worry about it. Yeah. In fact, at one point, Darius actually, uh, like, turns to both Delphi and the Pelicanetic and asks, like, so... I uh, trust that you're going to have to remain sort of arbitrators of this thing in case someone gets out of line. I I believe my uh, when I was when we were setting this up, I mentioned that uh, the our main goal here is to cease the uh, having people cause trouble, and if someone were to back out of this deal, they would most definitely be causing trouble. Darius sort of nods. It's like, all right, good. I just wanted to make sure that this wasn't something where you, you know, lure us in some, well, entrapment or some bullshit like that. And, you know, conversation sort of continues. Um, the Pelicanetic, uh, you get a phone call. All right. Uh, I will... Checking the phone, it's uh, vindictive. Yeah, I figured. Uh, I will discreetly step aside um, and let uh, Cass know that I'm, I'm heading out and I will take the phone call outside the bar. Okay. Uh, so as you're taking the phone call, uh, so Vinita goes, Hey, uh, so you wanted me to keep an eye on some things? I just saw the Bruise Brothers moving through the neighborhood. I don't think they're heading anywhere towards your little negotiation spot. In fact, I think they're heading over to a, a bar at, uh, and he gives you an address. And you know that that is the address of that, like, bar that a bunch of the Iron Devils were hanging out at last night. Yep, okay. Um, yeah, Carson on. Uh, as you're looking over the rooftops, you start to see smoke on the horizon. Um, what direction is it coming from? Uh, east-ish. Not exactly in the same area as the bar, but like, you know, definitely close enough. 
Um, okay, so I am gonna go on the mic and I'm gonna let everyone know something's going on. I'm seeing smoke on the horizon. Yeah, I'm gonna go on the mic as well and let folks know. Uh, Vic's seen the Bruise Brothers heading towards and I'll, I'll give the name of the bar. Yeah. Uh, uh, as you're sort of like radioing this in, Carson, on, you see like uh, a true Iron Devil's motorcycle like run up to the bar almost kind of like spin out it's trying to break so fast oh, and shit. uh like the guy gets off throws his helmet off and just runs to the bar cutting to the inside of the bar you guys wait wait wait, the- wait 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 does chris chris do you want to stop him from getting in the bar um yeah i'm gonna say that i am gonna leap down from the rooftop rappel down and basically land in front of the dude um weapon in hand not aiming at him but in clear sight and you better have a damn good reason as to why you're coming in here. Uh, someone's hitting the shop. Uh, the one on on, on, on Cruise Street. I, what the hell am I telling you this for? Out of my way. I gotta tell the boss. And, and like, I'm gonna st- I'm gonna step aside and I am going to um yeah walk with him, open the door, and I'm gonna step aside to let him come in. Yeah, and so he like pops in. Everyone like turns to see the uh the thing. And he just goes, boss. <laughs> Somebody started hitting the shop on Cruise Street. And with that, like, the boys, as it were, like, begin to get up and, um, almost seems like they're, they begin to, like, they don't exactly say the con- the, the negotiations are over, but it's very clearly that he's tending to this first, and this is an afterthought now. Uh, okay. Um, Do, I guess we probably want, if we offer to intercede and deal with this, do we do we know who are the Bruise Brothers? Does Evelyn know this? Um, Evelyn probably wouldn't, but I will say, uh, Carsonon, as your experience as a cop, you would know these. The Bruise Brothers are kind of a like, hey, you need someone to get roughed up because they're late on their loan shark payments. You need someone to like get out of town or vacate a business because you want to buy it up and flip it for a profit. Call the Bruise Brothers. They're basically your all-in-one, like, one-stop shop for bruising, beating, bashing, and, uh, something else, the B, fuck. Beating? Bru- beating, that's brutalizing. it. Brutalizing. Brutalizing. Great. So they're, uh, mu- so they're muscle for hire. Uh, yes. Are- and the thing is, um, they're, like, no one's really quite sure if they have medic human abilities or they're just, like, that fucking tough. But, yeah, they're apparently a real goddamn handful. God okay. damn it. Okay, th- I think uh, Evelyn's got an idea here. Um, so while Percent is standing up, she's going to like put up her hands and say, hey, wait, I got eyes on the street. I, I know who's doing this. It's it's the Bruise Brothers, you know? Uh, I know those are men for hire. What? They're if, ripping off my shop. Uh, and so she's going to turn specifically towards Singh and Darius. If you two do not have a hand in this, if you are really here under, you know, good faith, now would be a really great time to demonstrate that. And you can kind of tell that both of them are not, like, they're not particularly happy with this point, turn of events, but they realize, like, both of them kind of realize that, like, stepping out now would look really bad. And yeah. so Singh kind of goes like, fine, let me make a phone call. And Darius goes, yo, uh, um, yeah. Jerome, yeah, call up some voice. We're, we're doing something. And uh, it seems like they have been roped into this. Uh, Mr. Meme is going to crack his knuckles and begin wa- and start walking and said, Why don't I go uh, say hello first? And he, he's like starts rolling his shoulders and he's 
gonna start walking. <laughs> All right. Um. So, at this point, there are kind of three things happening at once. There is um the smoke that Carson sees on the horizon. There is the Bruise Brothers going into the uh, the bar, and there is the shop that was mentioned before that is getting uh, hit up. So, um, Wait, so these are three oh, separate things. Yes, yes, yeah, three separate things. Uh, earlier, you said the when you were talking about the bar, you said it was the bar with the Iron Devils. Is that correct? Or yes, was... it's the one that the Pelicanetic went to last night to like talk with them. So what you're saying is all three of these gangs are currently being attacked separately. That's how it looks like, though you do know at least that the uh, the shop that the guy mentioned and the bar are probably true Iron Devils things. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. Um, uh, I'm going to get the scene tracker ready uh, while you guys formulate a plan. Yeah, no. So my, my thing is like percent suddenly had a, had a big change and then suddenly two of its places are being attacked. Like that's, I mean, someone could have lured him into a false sense of security. And then... yeah, I'm just wondering, like, did he try and I... double deal with, uh, with like Marino and then get, ha, get burnt crossed. Yeah. Make himself a target so that nobody suspects him. Does anybody have um, um, what's it called? Um, can anyone like have seen what his reaction to hearing that stuff is and see if it's genuine? Like, does anyone have uh, like a, a sense motive equivalent? Yeah. Uh, let me check genes. Uh, Mr. Meme has awareness and banter, I guess. Gene has insight and awareness. In case anyone wants to try uh, anything um, else. Yeah, uh, Mr. Meme got three. Okay, so uh, are you taking the fail or the major twist? Uh, I'll take a fail. Okay. Uh, would you guys like Gene to attempt to uh, ascertain this? I'm going to um, say yes. Can... Or, oh, uh, John, go ahead. Yeah, I was just thinking Principal the Tactician. Sure. Um, so... Um, can I say, uh, so it's my, the, the principal says overcome when you, uh, uh, when you have a flashback, uh, for how you prepared for this exact situation. Okay. Can I say that, uh, uh, Cassandra came in with a device that lets her basically just spy on people's phone calls in the bar? Uh, to what extent? Um, like like a, like like a, like a wireless phone tapper kind of. Yeah, kind of deal. Uh, I'm gonna say, hmm, I'll Whoa. say yes. Okay, so, uh, so you've got something that at least allows you to like tap into things. Yeah, basically, just I I kind of want to just read what like what information did percent get. Okay. Um. All right, so uh, that's going to be a success with a minor twist. Okay, so uh, as you've kind of been uh, away, not away, but not really paying attention to the negotiations, because you've been monitoring comms this whole time, uh, you do manage to intercept phone call from uh, that one of Percent's boys got. Uh, the, like, you just over here, like, hey, Mac, you there? Yeah, you with the boss, right? Yeah, okay, cool. Uh, tell him that uh, our friend on the phone yeah, no, he wasn't kidding. This thing is, uh, this thing is pretty fucking good. Just let him know that I think we're not going to have any problems going in from here on out. All right, cool. I'll talk to you later. And then the call ends. Hmm. So Percent definitely has something up his sleeve, but you're not sure what. 
Okay. All right. So percent has. So, but percent. This isn't something percent was expecting. Is basically what I'm. I'm finding yes, out. correct. Whatever. Um. So whatever that thing is on that he got a call about. Uh, that was good news for him that he did not know was good news. And the way that the guy referred to it, it seems like it's one thing. Yes. It's not like a bunch of things. It's a singular good thing. Yeah. Okay. So as far as you can tell, that phone call and these incidents don't seem to be related. Okay. Unfortunately, uh, this is kind of the hat together device. So you can't really figure out like where the call came from or what exactly they're talking about just or like where the, uh, or like who was the other person on the line. But who was phone? But who <laughs> was phone indeed? Hmm. Hmm. Okay, well, well Mr. Mr. Medium is heading to the Bruce Brothers. Alright. Yeah. Okay, so there's the the attack um, on the... Sh there's the, the, the bar, the shop, and then the smoke. Is that the three things then? Yes, that are, those are the three things. Yeah, okay. Uh, well, um, I think uh, I will let uh, Epimethea will, will be appearing near the smoke. Okay. Um... What do you guys, so Darius and uh, Singh will both say, you will have some of our, both basically say that you have some of their men at your disposal. Uh, where do you want them? They seem to be kind of deferring to you since, you know, this is obviously an action of faith that you guys are going to have to oversee. Yeah. Um, I think it makes, well, M Mr. Medium isn't there, so I'll let you guys decide. But, I mean, it makes sense to have people defend their own territory. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, we don't know what that smoke is, and so far it yeah. looks like it's two Iron Devils locations and then a third unknown location. Smoke. Yeah. Um, yeah. Actually, um, uh, Cassandra will like message Nat and say, ask if Nat can get us eyes on if Nat's back at the base and can get us eyes on that smoke. All right. So you send off that text message. Uh, so in the meantime, what are uh, so while you're sort of waiting for Nat to reply. Epimethea is going to, I'm assuming, slip into the armor somewhere and then head off towards the smoke? Uh, yep. Okay. Uh, and I'm going to get the scene tracker up. Give me a second. I did not actually... Uh, 185. I did not actually memorize what the number for a, uh, a standard one was. Give me two seconds. Talk amongst yourselves in the meantime. All right. So, in character... Oh, I think... Car mm. Yeah, Carson, it's just you and me, the Pelicanetic, who are back at the bar, still at the There's bar. There's also Station, if you want to send him out oh, to do stuff. okay, yeah, actually, that's great. I was thinking, like, the two or the gang leaders, like, Percent's probably gonna go out, but I don't know if the other two want to, and in the case that they don't, it might be good to have someone stay back and just be like, you know, relay them information from our comms and be like, hey, mm -hmm. this is what's going on, and like, don't go anywhere, this negotiation isn't done. Yeah, and theoretically, you know, if somehow sing and Darius end up at each other's throats that somebody it, can keep it. It, it makes sense. I think what we should do um, out of character, because this makes sense, is have Station stay in uh, 100%. Yeah, that's yeah. what I was going to suggest. Yeah. Okay. And as for the division of our forces, who is going to go after what threat? Um, Mr. Me, I'm think... going against the Bruce brothers already. Okay. Yeah, I can fly. I think I can move a lot faster than Carsonon, so uh, mm. I can take whichever location is furthest from where we are right now. Uh, that would probably be um, the shop, if that's the case. Okay. And whose territory is that in? 
Um, uh, so the shop and the bar, you know for a fact, are Iron Devils. Oh, okay. Context clues. I Good. will say that the building, the fire, um, now once, like, you get out of the bar and get a look, is in the same area as the bar. Like, it's not right next to it, but it is in that same area. Yeah, I'm not... We're I'm, talking, like, visually, like, they could see each other or walking distance? A, a couple or... blocks away, maybe. Okay. Yeah, Evelyn is, like, pretty trepidatious about, like, going to this spot and potentially being the first person there and maybe the only, like, person who's actually headed there, but but she'll do it just to, just to get eyes on it. Okay. okay. And I'm going to follow along with you because you are technically the newest member of the team, and I want to make sure that you're not going into a situation on your own, basically. Yeah, I'm not I'm not exactly the toughest, so yeah, that'd, yeah. that'd be good. So, um, Percent is going to... Uh, it sounds like, based on the way that he's shouting, that he's kind of splitting his forces. Like, a couple of them are going to the shop, a couple of them are going to the bar... Uh, but he also seemed, uh, like, but if they're split in half, like one of them's going to the shop, one of them's going to the bar. If that other third location is important to him, he either doesn't realize what's happening at it yet, or maybe it isn't important to him. Mm -hmm. The fire might be whatever good thing he was talking about, but we don't know. Yeah. Yeah. This is a moment where we have to act now, ask questions later. Hey everyone, thanks for listening. You can find us on Tumblr at listentothesenerds.tumblr.com or on Twitter at LTTNCast. All our music is sourced from Incompetech.com and is licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0. You can email us at listen to these nerds at gmail.com.